I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. I, 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 we're still on this five, four minutes. We're going to talk about that real quick Let's because I was just thinking about when you really accept your call, you have to realize, for real, your life is not your own. It's going to require your time. Require your time. So much of your time that you can figure, I don't have time. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Yep. I just don't want to do it. Not today. <laughs> That's what we say, not today. But because of the passion that God uh, placed in you to do it, that's what's going to continue to push you and drive you uh, to do what he's called you to do. He's going to strengthen you for what he's called you to do. Don't y'all want to be pushed? You always perform better when you're pushed. Amen. Come on, push them today. You're going to lose sleep the things, the natural things. You're going right. to be uh, finding yourself have to give it up. Give up some sleep. Mm. <laughs> you want to stretch your minds. You want to stretch your minds today Amen. with spirit. We really want to feed your spirit today. Amen? Amen. You don't fed your body probably, but now let's feed your spirit. Let's so chomp on that. We're going to dig in deep. This is part three of our identity, identification with Christ, the twofold oneness. That's the title, identification with Christ, twofold oneness, part three. I'm going to give you a small recap of where we've been in reference to identification. Because when it comes to the church, we really don't know who we are. This is why we can't identify with Christ. And this is why it's not real to us. We go in and out of knowing who we are. When we did Romans 10, 9, when thou confess with your mouth and you're to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, what did you really believe in? What Reality is that for you. How many people actually did Romans 10 9? I would hope. Everyone who said it. You have to confess. And what are you really confessing? Did you understand what you really confessed? That someone you never met died for your sins, that you might have eternal life. Does that even mean anything to you? Do you really believe in eternity, eternal life? Because that's what you confess. So we're talking about our identity. And, and again, like I said, most of the church don't have a clue when it really comes to being identified with Christ. They that's the sad part about it. They really don't have a clue when it comes to understanding the identification with Christ with his death, with his burial, and with his resurrection. It, that we have been informed, has been preached to us, that he died for our sins. But what have not been really given to us, that we haven't received, is that we were with him when he died. We were with him in hell when he died. We were with him when he was on the cross. When he became sin, we were with him. I wasn't born yet. Right. <laughs> but he was slain before the foundation of the world. Yes. That you live in now. He died before you were born for your sins. What we have received is doctrine. There you go. And dogma. dogma. But what you have not received is truth. 
There's only one. Absolute truth. And so what you receive was tradition of men. But we have none, we don't, because we don't really can grasp truth, we can't live it out. It's such a challenge to live righteous. And you say, you know, God knows my heart. Oh, we will say that. <laughs> oh, he hears me all the time. I pray to him all the time. I talk to him. But is he answering you? He said, for those who walk upright, I will not withhold anything that's good. For those who walk upright, not for those who decide to walk upright when they get ready to. That would be it. So, we're going to dig in. And then also, they, they, salvation, they make it like it's facts. Facts change. Yes, they do. But the truth never changes. Amen. You can do all the math you want. Two plus two is always going to be what y'all? <laughs> it's gonna always be that. Yeah, think about that for a minute. That is a truth. <laughs> that was not a fact. <laughs> not a fact. Fact change, right? Facts can change. I was discussing with the the group some time back that my heart really echoes the same as Apostle Paul. That he always prayed that the your eyes of your understanding, your heart would be enlightened to the truth. Your heart, not your eyes. That you would know the hope of your calling. He said, I'm always praying for you, that you would, the eyes of your heart would be open to see, this is the spirit of man, to see and understand who you really are. But the world has defined you. Your car and your house have defined you. Your your abundance of money or your lack of money has defined you. And you say, this is who I am. But you have a new identity with Christ if you are born again. So he was made, Christ was made sin. I mean, do we understand that? Do anyone sin. that saved know what that really means? That Christ was made, made sin? He didn't sin. Mm -hmm. He was made sin. And if we don't, if we really don't know what that means, then you have no clue about your salvation and who you are. Who he is, who you are, and whose you are. That you belong to him now. And your life is not your own, and you can't do what you want to do. Your will should be the will of the Father now, not your will. If you're living a life doing what you want to do, you're not his. Mm. Uh-oh. You are of your father, the devil. That's what he said. If you're doing what you want to do, you're not his. Because you have died to self, and you now live for Christ. I'm tired. I don't feel like praising the one that created me. I don't want to. I don't want to come to the gathering. I don't want to hear the word of God today. You're right because you're not his. If this is how you're living, if this is what you're yielding to and giving into, you're not his. And just because you come to church, really, 
You are the church. Amen. This is just the building. Mm -hmm. He's not coming back for this building. He's coming back for the called out ones. That's what church means. Amen. Did you know that? <laughs> the ecclesia. That's you. The church. He's not coming back for the wing we just built over here. He's coming back for a people. That's what he's coming back for. You are the church. Church simply means the called out ones. Everybody, we're going to church, but you are the church. Yes. If the church burned up, we can't have church. <laughs> we are the church. I'm trying to make y'all see how, how we say things and yeah, not even yeah. think about it. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know who you are. Yeah. You don't know that you are the church. Amen. If two or three are gathered into my name, he says, there I am. Amen. In the midst, not in the building. He said, in the midst of them. <laughs> he said, my word is not thee. And he is his word, right? Amen. My word is not the I'm right in your mouth. mouth Jesus. <laughs> but see, that's not a reality to you. You think I got to go to a building. But this doesn't mean that you, you decide don't. you be home. That's right. You don't do that. He said forsaken not the assembly. <laughs> forsaken. He said forsake not the assembly. The gathering that's right, of the saints. To come together. You just need a place to come, but that's not the church. <laughs> So Christ was made sin. This simply means that he allowed for his spirit Go ahead. to be sin. He allowed for his spirit to be possessed by sin. He was made sin. He who didn't sin. He never sinned. He never became a sinner even though he allowed his spirit to be possessed by sin. Talking about the twofold oneness. Got to go over this kind of quick because we this is our third uh, part. First, his oneness with our sin on the cross, and second, our oneness with his glory on the throne. Mm. That means our oneness with all power and authority. You should be very confident of who you are. You shouldn't be broken down by what people say about you, whether they love you or they don't love you, because I'm loved by the ultimate lover, my creator. Amen? Amen. Identification, just to give you a brief uh, definition, it means the act of finding out who someone is. I was doing a, a woman of war teaching yesterday and uh, we talked about who am I? Who am I? It seemed like sometimes we're one way, one day, and the next day we're someone else. Who are you? Who are you? Are you changed because of your situation and circumstance? Pretty much. Because I'm with or without? Pretty much. I change. This causes, when our change in our lives causes us to be depressed, oppressed. When things are not well, we find a lot of discomfort in situations that are not comfortable. But we're born again. It's not about feelings. So why are you in your feelings all the time? Why are you so tore up and brokenhearted about the way you feel? You are a spirit now. You exist and move by what you know, not what you feel. Mm -hmm. Oh, revelation knowledge. 
So that's the twofold oneness. The oneness with, with our sin with him. Identification. So just talk briefly here. Uh, identity. Identity is an individual when he models his thoughts and feelings and actions which are incorporated by an object or person or thing. So, your house, car, person, things, people, you start to model your thoughts and your actions with what you have incorporated to your own image. Mm -hmm. My nice car. People help frame your image. My job. Think about it. Mm -hmm. How do you, at this moment, even now, the lack of whatever it is that you feel like you need or want in your life. And it makes you feel a certain way because you don't have it. It makes you feel that you're not of great value. I was telling the ladies yesterday and men at the Women of War, because <laughs> we had Pastor came and David came at the Women of War, it's awesome. Um, and yeah. Rocky did a very awesome teaching on, uh, where she at, where Rock, Rock, under, under witness protection program. Amen. Witness protection program. Amen. And it really talked about really how you're under the new witness protection being born again. How well you are protected. But when you're not, and this is in the real life, but when you step out and go back and try to visit your family and friends in your old life, you can't because then you now put yourself in danger to be killed because you're no longer protected. You're no longer protected anymore. Mm. Amen. Mm. So when you take on a new life, this is why he's brought you out mm -hmm. of your old life. You can't go back to your old things and habits and, and people that were no good for you. Amen. Going back to people who are no good for you. I, I just want to know, did they really understand? Because that was good. Did y'all really understand that witness protection? Y'all yes. sure? I mean, everyone? My women okay. that were here All right. did. No. All right, because <laughs> right? Because let's just let's just use it like this. Let's just use it like this, an illustration here, like like the mafia. Everybody knows the mafia. So what happens, they got all this information, and then they turn and get into the witness protection plan, right? Mm -hmm. Because the information that they know, mm -hmm. they go back because they affiliate themselves with the law. Right. If they go back, mm -hmm. they'll kill them. So if you go back to your old life, the old sin nature, mm -hmm. guess what's going to happen? It's death unto us, going back to your old nature. When you really turn and come to him, you better stay over there. You want to stay over there. You really want to stay over there. Okay? Because when you turn back, all with the info that you have about the kingdom, the enemy don't like. You don't want you to use it against him. Yeah. You cannot return back. So what happens to us, this is why a lot of things happen to a lot of us mm -hmm. when it's a difference than when God says, think it not strange when these diverse things and all these other attacks because now I know that I'm born again. I know all things now work for the good because I love him. Amen. Before I didn't love him, so yes. it couldn't be working for my good mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. But now if something happens to me, it works for my good. That's right. Well, how can that work for my good? Oh, I got raped. I, how can that be? How can that actually work for my good? Yeah. Because you have to understand now, ministry is about people. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
you can help some. Okay, I know you. And your life and is your a life sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. Your life is a sacrifice you and also an offering that's right. to people. And you can't worry about who, they can kill what? The flesh, right. the soul, but you can't kill that spirit. Mm -hmm. That's right. I'm not fearing that person just like you taught yesterday. So any women, yeah, I would suggest that y'all try to come to the women of war. It would benefit you and tell, a, tell another one because this is really important to come out and hear the women of war went all the teaching. I just want to put yeah, that it was really, there. it was really awesome. I showed a, a three-minute clip of this. Um, well, this young lady, she's 30 years old now, but she was only 19 when she decided to drop out of college, and she, she wanted to impact people's lives, but when she she made a decision to do that, she became a billionaire at the age of 19. And this is not about money. It's about she wanted to impact people's lives. And she is. And this is about what I was telling the women about really setting goals. And uh, so it was just really good. And we were talking about two-year goals and action plans. So um, rewind, go for it. So now, key facts on our identity. <laughs> when death slew him, it slew itself. These are the different key facts about our identity. Uh, and I'm not going to go through all five of those, but I, there, you can definitely listen to the teaching yeah. uh, on the site, and it talks about our, the uh, key facts to our identity there. And we talk about with, the word with, we were uh, crucified with Christ, being identified with Christ. It causes you to be. When you're with someone, it causes you to be like them. You're married to someone, things that was totally different in the beginning that you guys are sharing the same thing because you're with them so long. It causes you to be like that person. Mm. You're associated with the same person for whatever extended period of time. You, you're caused to be like them. Our mm. sacrifice, surrender, consider it as having a higher or more pressing claim. And this is the way that you should now consider Christ as being a more higher or pressing claim than yourself. Mm. But this is the problem. We don't see him as a higher value. We see our own lives and things that we do as a higher value. Mm -hmm. I can use a perfect example with Star. She, uh, my grandbaby wasn't feeling well, and it's not that, okay, you bring the, you know, you come out and you definitely ill, you know, and instead of staying home. There's certain things that common sense you just need to do, but it's things like this. If you're going to press on and go to work, then you can press on and come on out. And uh, I was going to call and say, well, you know, just, you know, you guys stay. Don't come in. Don't come to the Women of War. I said, well, wait a minute, but you're going to have to leave out to go to the dance studio. If you're going to do that, you need to come here. So these are things that we're, we place value on our jobs because you, you, you won't decide not to go. You may decide not to go there, but you also will show up because you're thinking about your paycheck. <laughs> you place value right. on going to work more then you place value on the gathering. You know why? Because you don't see the higher value in the gathering. You do not see, and I repeat, a higher value in the gathering of the saints. Because there's no payoff. You don't see any pay. You don't see any pay. But there is. But there's an ultimate pay that outweighs anything that you could ever earn in this life. That so why don't we act accordingly? No, that's it. But you go ahead, Pam. <laughs> but it just is it, giving an example of the rich young ruler. Mm -hmm. 
The same thing. You, you had all this. I keep your law. I do all this. But there's one thing mm -hmm. that you don't do. One thing that you're attached to is your riches. And he said, mm -hmm. I'll give you riches in heaven. He didn't understand that. He couldn't see mm -hmm. that. Thus, when he went away, the Bible said he went away grieving, mm -hmm. sad. This is why, Pastor, God asked for 10% of your earnings. Yeah. You know uh -oh. why? Because your heart is attached to money. Your heart is attached to money. You are grieved to give up money. It literally. Even, even it to your bills. It literally hurts. Even it to your own bills. You don't, you don't want to pay your money. You don't want to do it. Bills. You grieve. You are upset. <laughs> you and money departing. It's like, you know, getting a, who wants to get a wisdom to pull? It's like that. No, you don't mm. want to do it. No. You uh, see, grieve. Think about it. And I, I, I even asked the question when it, came, when it comes to money. God, why would you ask for any amount of money? He has no need for your money. He has a need for your heart. I got the, oh, this is gorgeous. Baba got 25,000 places where he, he mentions money. He got 25 places where he had to meet you where your heart was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where he's trying to get to. It's not about your money. And the enemy don't want your money either. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He come to kill, steal, and destroy your faith. Amen. He don't have a need for your car or your house. Not one thing. The devil is busy because your car been repossessed. No. You didn't get a what tune up checkup <laughs> on your car. <laughs> what That's what broke down. What's you? It's you. <laughs> the devil is busy. But I'm just saying, oh, this is how we think. This is busy. how we think. I'm going to need you to get busy. This is how we think. <laughs> this is how we think, though. This is how we think, and this is why you stay in that same situation. Lord, help us, Jesus. Thank you for clarity of your scripture. Amen. <laughs> did, so, did somebody have a question or something? You we all good? <laughs> you want to ask me they had a question at this moment? Have any questions? Got a question? He sure did. And he said, take care of the widows. And which we are doing. That, that <laughs> really what, you know what, there is what you said, that really is what qualifies you as a church, yes. as a real believer, because yes. you're doing what he says. So our foundation mm. scripture here. There you go. Uh, it's 1 Peter 2.24, and it's just for a little later, for because uh, we're not going to go real deep into it, because I need to get to the latter part of part three. And again, it's 1 Peter 2.24 is the foundation scripture. You see how we just jump from, you know, we... we we laugh and get back serious, you know. <laughs> uh, and it reads, he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself the true sacrifice on it that we might die, cease to exist to sin, and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. By his wounds you have been healed. And I ask God, healed from what? Sin is disease. Right. You've been healed from not being saved. Oh. You've been healed from not being saved. Say that one more time because they got it. This to is why it. we don't understand when someone, you know, someone's sick and I prayed and they're not healed. Yes, you are. You're healed because by his stripes you were healed from all of your sin and disease, all of your dis-ease of not being saved. saved. You were a sinner 
you now are saved and delivered. That's what you've been healed from. I need Being destined to go to hell. You've been healed from that. that by is his wounds. A disease. That is a disease. Sin is a disease. disease. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what is normal, what we see in the body as disease is really originate from the spirit. This is why David says, create to me a clean heart and a right spirit. Renew the right spirit. Renew the right spirit. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus' spirit Renew. became sin. <laughs> Renew. His spirit became sin. His spirit was sin. That's right. This is what you had to be now healed from, sin. Nice and then you saw his body, you, they could not recognize him as a man because this is, again, disease, what sin looked like and why he hates sin. Mm. We're going to talk a little deeper about sin, so I'm probably going to just give you the foundation scripture here. Uh, I mean the supporting foundation scripture, which is Isaiah 53, 311. Some of these notes will be available online, correct? Mm -hmm. All right. So go to the site, y'all. Some of the notes will be available for you. Isaiah 53, 3 to, uh, through 11. Yeah. That's our supporting scripture. And just to let you know what, I just need to let you know a little bit what happened in hell uh, with Jesus. First of all, on the cross, what happened was that he had two deaths. He had a natural and he had a spiritual death. And you partook in both of those deaths. You did. This is why you were only experienced when you uh, did Romans 10, 9, you already were recreated in his spirit by believing on his death and resurrection. So what was going on in the, on the cross with, with all the beating and everything is that his spirit was, uh, became sin, manifested in the body. Then when he died, went to hell, he was placed in a place to where we should have been placed because he was not guilty. Mm. He was placed in a grave with the wicked and he was not wicked. See all of the negative or see all what was wrong and see the right? He made the wrong right. And we're going to go to the beginning. He made the wrong right. This is why when you speak things that are not, you're making the wrong right. When you speak the word of God, you're making the wrong right. This is why you can't keep speaking wrong. When you think things are not working out for you, it has already worked out for you. This is why you speak what is not to be. He made the wrong right. You just have to receive what is right. You're already healed. You're already a victor. You've already overcome. He made the wrong right. So this is why he said you will be judged after every idle word mm -hmm. that you have spoken. I don't teach on that, do they? <laughs> 
So you don't understand what's in your mouth. Hmm. We talked about discussing the greatest revelation to the new creation. This is the greatest revelation you're ever going to receive. Because the entirety of the book is about him and what he did for you. The entire, the entire Bible is about what he did for you. The gospel is the life of Christ. The too good to be true news. That someone would die for someone who would reject him. The too good to be true news. This, someone would give up their life for someone who was guilty. Fee's supposed to be sentenced for life, and I go in her stead. And you're free. Who's going to do that? I decide to be executed on your behalf. I go and say that I am Felicia. Felicia. <laughs> on her behalf. Um, so we're talking about the greatest revelation mm. that's revealed to the new creation, which is you, your identification with Christ. Trista. And we're talking about you now obtaining the ultimate revealing of who you are and your whole purpose while you are on this earth, your entire purpose. You think it's something else. The revelation of that. And I want you, and I'm going to take my time because I need you to get it. The word of God is about his life, which is now your life. Mm. How you walk around and don't know who you are. You couldn't go to work. You couldn't get your keys to go to your car because you don't know who you are. Mm. You couldn't go to work because you couldn't get your keys to go to your car, and in the house that you're in, you feel like you're a stranger, you got to get out because you don't know where you are. Mm. It's like someone having amnesia. You have lost your mind. Your identity. You don't recognize your family. They go to hug you, you go to smack them because <laughs> you feel like someone's going to attack you. Yeah. Think about it. When you, if you're in a state of mind to where you don't know who you are, you cannot function in life. You have everything. He says, I have blessed you with every blessing, earthly and spiritual. Then he said, and I will abundantly bless you. So that means that you, you have millions of dollars or something in the bank. I'm just giving you something you can relate to. That's right. But you have no clue that you have it giving you the card to go to your bank and get your money out. But because you don't know who you are, you can't receive your new identification to go to the bank to get your inheritance. You're at the will, and it's being read, and you think you're there with someone else, and it's their inheritance. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's real nice that you're getting that, you know, and the state and all this that no it's you too this is why we can't identify who we are and live out the life and who we belong to you think you still came from your parents yep 
That's who you identify with. That's who you identify with. You identify with your aunts, your uncles, your cousins. Your bloodline. Your bloodline. This is why you can't identify with Christ. This is why it's so hard to live righteous. Because you don't know that you have been made righteous. This is why you have a repeat of bouts of depression. Some even suicide attempts. Taste for alcohol, drugs. Any vice. Abuse of the devices. Because you don't know who you are. And I need to get that to feel better. Momentarily. And again, it's not about feeling because you've been born again. You've been born from above. So let's discuss the revelation that's been given to the new creation, the identification with Christ. This is you. And it's uh, seven of those, but we're going to only... We're going to go into the, I believe, the fourth one, but I'm going to go over all uh, seven. You died with Christ. You've been crucified with Christ, which demonstrates your union with his suffering. Two, you've been buried with him. Three, suffered with him. Four, you've been made alive with him. That's what we're going to be discussing today. And we talked about... Five, making you've been made righteous with him. You've conquered Satan with him. Yes. Six, seven, you were raised with him. So four, going to made alive with him. First Peter three eighteen. Again, it's First Peter three eighteen. Made alive with Christ, because Christ also suffered for sins. Once, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the, or his spirit. Mm -hmm. Again, 1 Peter 3.18, because Christ also suffered for sins once. Hence, it says sins. Plural. Plural. The righteous for the unrighteous, Christ for you. Mm -hmm. That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in his spirit. We were made alive with him because he was begotten of the Father and we through him. Here we are actually witnessing miracle of eternity. We are actually having the opportunity to witness the miracle of eternity. And it took place in the prison house of death, Hades. We have made the very workmanship created in Christ. We're talking about being made alive with Christ. We want to talk about he suffered for sins, for our sins once. So there's three types of sin. And before we go into the category of sin, I want to talk about sin. Sin is the act of violating God's will. 
sin is the very act of violating God's will. Sin can also be viewed as anything that violates the ideal relationship between an individual and God. It violates your relationship. And we know that sin has been defined as to miss the mark. And do we know what that even means? That's the biblical churchy response. Sin is to miss the mark. That means to be absent from. Mm. To miss the mark means to be absent from. When God said to Adam, where are you? He was absent from his position in Christ. In Christ. Three types of sin. Did you know it was three types of sin? Well, the first is the inherited sin that we inherited from Adam. I'm sure we're all very familiar with mm-hmm. Adam, world-renowned sin. It was an inherited sin. Psalms 51, 5. And let's go there real quick. You go there, Pastor? Mm-hmm. Psalms 51, 5. Inherited mm-hmm. sin. And basically what it's saying here, through Adam, the inherited inclination to sin entered the human race. The inclination to sin. It entered the human race. And human beings became sinners by nature. I got this. Mm -hmm. Psalms 51.5. Behold, I was sharpened in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. It explains it to us. We quote it all the time. I was... I was born, born and born, born in, in iniquity. iniquity. How was that so? That's very good. Because it was inherited by Adam. So that we have we were inclined as a as part of humanity to sin. And our very nature to form and born into it. It's actually in your blood. Hmm? It's yeah. actually in your DNA. Inherited. <laughs> That's right. That's how you inherit sin. The sins of the father are passed down, as it says, for what, five, six, seven generations. Wow. The yep. second. Go ahead. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> just, just listen to that. The sins of the father can be passed down. Yeah. So m- some men, if you or women or whatever, you, you're struggling with certain things, you look at the line. Mm-hmm. Look at the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Yes. What they struggle with. Think about it. Um, think about that. Pornography. It's spiritual. Yeah, I, I was going to go with the medical first. Then I'm going to okay, go to you the you go first. Ahead, you, you go with the medical. I mean, we say, oh, high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mama had high blood pressure, mm-hmm. blood pressure mm-hmm. and, you know, my daddy had it, and, you know, my aunt on the other. They all had it. It's, it's mm-hmm. in that bloodline. It's mm-hmm. in the DNA that yeah. you're prone, uh, mm-hmm. subject to it. But it's the same thing when it comes to sin. Yeah. See, you got to understand something. Your ear gate and your eye gate, what you hear and what you see, become a part of you. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
becomes it becomes go ahead. And know what else is so good and get to see you come back mm -hmm. is that and I, I think on my um think about on my mom's side where you know uh, my uncles and the whole trail of them you know were went to prison. And you see, and it, it goes on to the next generation, just certain sins and repeated sins. Because mm -hmm. we talk about sin, he says, even the, the sins of different types and, and um, um, the, the violence of the sin, mm -hmm. the category of the sins, the intensity of the sins. Uh, mm -hmm. He said, he was crushed with the crime of your sins. Mm -hmm. It's a crime to sin. So we just don't get it, you know, mm -hmm. like if you lie and your kids lie. And we don't understand those are yeah. things. That, and then you can go into the uh, spiritual part as well, and you can get familiar spirits that are attached to your bloodline, mm -hmm. that follow you. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> that follow your children mm -hmm. while they're young. That's right. That same type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, husband, you got to be careful what you let in your ear gate right. and your eye gate. Because mm, guess what? You're going to go in that room children. and catch your son doing something or watching him mm. doing something he shouldn't be doing because guess what? You did. Wow. We, d we just, I just got to bring it down to yeah. something that we can yeah. really grasp and understand. <laughs> but it's just not that. It's other things. Right. It's other things that are, uh, that are following our bloodline. Yes, sir. I mean, you have spirits of, listen, these are the deeds that the Bible said, the deeds of the flesh. Murder. Didn't say it was the spirit, but it's the deeds of the flesh mm -hmm. that the spirits work through. Yeah. Okay, but that's a whole nother Did you have something to speak teaching in that. Come right back. Yeah, I was just going to, when Pastor said, like the medical side, like you probably don't have those things, mm -hmm. you don't have those things. But um, that thing, it only says uh, part of the, the sin, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people say, well, I didn't have no choice. Sure. My mother and father, you know, did da 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 da. But it's only a percentage. That's right. You still have a responsibility. Definitely. In your own walk. Because mm -hmm. they, your parents didn't exercise and didn't eat right. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, exactly. guess what's going to happen? If you do the right thing, you won't, you won't be subject to that. Right. So, so you can, you have yeah. responsibility. You're predisposed. Yes, You're predisposed, but right. you can avert it. Same thing with yeah. diabetes. You can avert it, yeah. Yeah. Same thing with, oh, same thing with cancer. Most form, uh, forms of cancer is because you have unforgiveness. If they would just unforgive, just forgive the people, mm -hmm. cancer would leave their bodies. Darius, did you have yeah, something? Just saying. Like, just like with the Holy Spirit, when it's in the midst, mm -hmm. just think about when you're sin or whatever you're doing, that e that spirit is a spirit, evil spirit. That's right. Could be a mental attack to one of your um, children while you're doing whatever you're doing. Sure so can. Mm -hmm. Oh, right in here. That's right. No more, like, I'm not gonna allow this to go on in my family. Mm -hmm. And you have to set an example for others to see and mm -hmm. to see their light. And um, and you know yourself better than anybody else. Like you know you're dealing with some issues. Go yep. ahead and take it to the king. Yeah. Amen. You got to and you got to do that, but you got to identify it first, yeah. and then you have to be a participant in your own deliverance. Oh, awesome. Uh, two. Uh, so you know me. I'm a person of time too. So we're on yes, the half are. an hour. Um. His second one is imputed sin. And that's after the law of Moses was violated. Mm. Imputed sin. After the law of Moses was violated. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 
And the Greek translation for imputed means to take something that belongs to someone else and credit to your account. Righteousness is imputed to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just like I said with Fee, that she would have uh, a life sentence, and it should she should rightfully go because she's guilty. But it's been credited to my account that I actually did it. That's imputed. It's now imputed to me because I go in your stead. I go in your place. Like Abraham. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. God used the principle of, a, or of, do we have someone else? <laughs> okay, Dave? Huh? No super question. It's okay. Inherited ones is just like something you get because it's in your family. And Adam was Adam. He was he was the beginning of that when he when he didn't obey God. And then so we became we inherited through Adam. Yeah, because right? one man's transgression we all passed down sin. like in the family. It's in the blood. It became in our DNA. Yep. Right? Became part of our nature. Now with uh, imputed sin after the law, law Moses was given the law. Okay. And after he gave the law to the people, they didn't violate the law. At first, there was no law. So the difference between inherited and imputed is that there was no law with Adam. It was just relationship. And this is what he's trying to get us back to, relationship, relationship. and not law. law. <laughs> but then, so you had to bring order because it was in now, it was your nature to sin. So you have all this chaos and disorder. Now to bring order, we bring law. We were talking about definitely inheritance and something that just is born when you were born because Adam, uh, you really came from Adam. Yeah. And Adam, when he sinned, now it's just in your nature, in your DNA to sin. And then, then you were given the law, now what not to do, really instructions on how to live. And you violated really your instruction on how you should live. And this is why it's important that you have to be born mm -hmm. again. Yep, you got the sin nature, but now he's telling you, you must be born Again, now, not of Adam, the flesh, but now of the spirit of God. This is what you've been born of now, which has no um, condemnation, mm -hmm. which now you've been delivered from the curse of sin and death because you are born now of his spirit, he who didn't sin. Amen. All right. And what we got to keep in mind that the awesome part about this, that through God's death, through Jesus' death, is that God used the principle of being imputed the credit to someone's account yeah. to benefit you as mankind now. Amen. And he has imputed sin to the believer on account of Jesus. God imputed righteousness of Christ to the believer and credited our accounts with his righteousness. Mm. Now, you, even though the sin was imputed to you, really through Adam, and then you violating the law, but now through his death, he has imputed righteousness, righteousness to you, bring you back into right relationship. Mm. So we don't have to worry about the weight and all this and the violation mm -hmm. because now when you're born again, you're back to the right state yes. with him in relationship. Mm -hmm. Because what has happened is that he credited 
all what was negative, what was sin to him, bringing now you back to him and to the Father. What a deal. Personal sin is the third one. That's 1 John 1, 9. And this is something that we commit every day. Every human being commits this every day. Now we're starting to get an understanding of this personal sin. We're talking about uh, inherited sin, imputed sin, and now personal sin. Mm. It's got to be like, what in the world? Yeah. You know? Mom so it's young. committed every day. And I, I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. I just, just, just need to get through these right, three categories. Committed every day by every human being because we have inherited a sin nature from Adam. We commit, we commit individual personal sins, everything from seemingly innocent <laughs> untruth to murder. Mm. So just the things that you don't even think is a sin, probably is. Just don't think it's real bad. But these are personal. Your thoughts, these different thoughts and things come to you. And so now what he's done and we just spoke of, is that it was all credited to him when he was crucified on the cross, went to hell, and on the right-hand side of the Father, and now he's accredited to you and bring you back into right relationship with God. He, this whole plan was to bring you back to God because what Adam did and then what we did as humanity after we got the law we continue to walk away from God. And so what Jesus, through Jesus' process of becoming, being made sin, is to bring you back to God as an offering. Amen. So when he sees us, he sees his son, because his son was given up on the cross as an offering. Mm -hmm. And now you are that same offering that he has presented to the Father. Hmm. Any questions? Yeah. Mom had one. Mom? Oh, okay, I'm sorry, Mom. Mm -hmm. um, okay, um, you were saying we have the nature, we have natures of sin. Mm -hmm. um, so I was thinking then, why weren't we given the law first instead of the free will or whatever to determine that? Why weren't we given the law first as opposed to given the law after we didn't follow what God wanted us to do? Can I? Follow, so why weren't we given the law first? <laughs> Go ahead, Pastor. Just Go real ahead. simple. Mm -hmm. I think we were. I think he told Adam what not to do. He did. He spoke. He told him, do not eat from the tree in the midst of the garden. Had two trees. He gave him, he told him not to do it. So he ate from the tree of good and, and knowledge of good and evil. But he told him, I th he told him not to do it in the beginning. I mean, I'm going to go all the way back to the very first time. He told him not to do this, and he did it. When he did it, that's when that's when you see the fall of sin. That's when heaven and earth split. This is when that act that Adam did changed the whole cosmos, not just what was on the earth or man's destiny to get back. Remember, the footstool was the earth of God's throne. What we're going to do now is uh, go to 1 Peter 3.18 and... We're going to really kind of talk about that a little bit before we close for today. And that's 1 Peter 3.18. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. Yeah. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. 
And this is what we have been done. We have been raised to life in the spirit, through his spirit. I just want to really kind of talk really quick about that because this is something that we really have to get today. Um, Christ has once suffered for our sins. And we talked about inherited sin, imputed sin, and personal sin. For Christ became sin but was never a sinner. He suffered in his soul from the wrath of God and the curses of the law which was laid upon him and in his body by many which were us. Just for the unjust, he discharged his office to us. That's what you have to get. He discharged his office to us. His office, his title, it was discharged to you. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Those who believe on the name of Jesus might have freedom of access with boldness that we talk about in scripture under God. Through his precious blood in the veil of his flesh. That's what's not a revelation. We talk about we can go boldly before the presence of God. But how... Do you really have access to go boldly in the presence of God? It's through his blood and the veil of his flesh. He might offer us unto God as a sacrifice acceptable to God. Presenting us to him, you know, unblamed and in his sight that he might bring us to his grace and his presence, which is the great captain of our salvation. And this has to be a reality to us. And it brings us to him in, a, in his glory. And you experience his glory through his blood and through the veil of his flesh. We're talking about being put to death in the flesh. In the human nature, flesh, and we don't understand, I don't think really flesh. We just think about our skin and, you know, maybe our muscles. So when we say we're, the flesh is dead, we're dead to the flesh, what does it mean? What does it mean? In the human nature, flesh includes the whole of human nature, both body and soul. Both body and soul. Though the body only dies, get this, yet death is a delusion of the union between both. And we're, I'm going to explain that. And such was Christ dead, for the thought that the union between the two natures Continue, yet the body and the soul was disunified. Meaning, when he died, this is what we, we don't connect, is that when he died, he was separated from his body, but, but then he was not. So he was, he was separated, but yet he was still unified. This is how the body and soul was being destroyed, but yet the body and soul was resurrected. This has to be understood. His body was left on the cross, and his soul or spirit was committed to God. When his life was taken from the earth, he was put to death in a violent manner by all men. But quickened by the Spirit, 
He was raised from the dead by his divine nature, the spirit of holiness, the eternal spirit, by which he offered himself and by virtue of which as he had power to lay down his life and also power to bring it and take it back up again. This is the spirit of holiness, the same spirit that dwells in us. So as his enemies of the cross put him to death, the enemy could, they couldn't kill, they killed his body only because he allowed and permitted. But what they could not reach was his spirit. And so what we're really getting at is that when he died, he was made sin. He was made what you were made when Adam fell. Even though he never committed sin, he never committed sin. He was never a sinner. These are the things we can't connect. We hear it and we say we understand it. But the spirit of man is what receives it. This is how you're able to see beauty in tragedy. Mm. This is how you're able to see glory in death. Mm -hmm. It's because you're not dead. Those who are born from above, begotten of the Son of God, when this earthly vessel go away, you are not dead. You're in union with the spirit of holiness. You're in union with life, with eternal life. But is this a reality to us? Is this why you moan and groan at a funeral? of those that you know are born again. Mm. This is truly a time that we should rejoice because God want you to get it and get it right before it's too late. You can't mark him because he's not marked. And I really pray that today that you understand, have a better understanding that Christ was made sin, but you have been made alive because he was made sin and because he was resurrected. We tend to be disconnected from the revelation of the cross. This is why you're not moved anymore when it says that Jesus saves. Mm -hmm. You're not elated and excited when you hear that Jesus saves. You're not excited when you see the cross. Mm. When you see the cross, you should fall at your feet because you know what God has done for you. Amen. But other things and people excite you more than the cross. Mm. The cross is not just a symbol. It is a work that has been done. Amen. It's a work that has been done in your life. It's a finished work that has been done. Amen. It's time out for us to keep playing with the word of God and quoting the word of God. It's time that we really be silent and live the word of God. Amen. Amen. The fool has many words to say, mm -hmm. but a wise man has very little. Mm 
Because a wise man live out his life. That's right. You want to become a wise man. Amen. And a wise man, he listens very keenly to adhere to instructions. Amen. It's time now to really learn. It's time to grow. It's time for your life to, to change dramatically. Amen. It's time for your life to change other people, Fee. Amen. Oh, that's good. But the change start with you, Dave. As much as my father, he's my, my earthly father, he's dead and gone, tried to impart into us wisdom and instructions on in how to live. But that was an earthly way of living. But he couldn't teach me when I'm sick that I'm healed. He couldn't teach me that if you're dead, you're alive because I'm born again. He couldn't teach me the understanding of glory and death. He couldn't teach me the understanding when you get laid off from your job or fired to rejoice. That's right. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> he couldn't teach me to make what was wrong right. Because only the Heavenly Father could do that. Amen. Because he, was, he is righteous. And now you have been made righteous. You've been made to live. You've been made to say no to the things and the devices that will pull you down. You've been made to turn away from that. You've been made to do what's right for your life. You've been made to walk away from things and people that don't mean you no good. You've been made to do that. Amen. Stand in that. Go ahead. Are you willing to... To live and yield to what you've been made to do. Or are you going to be an endless, hopeless case at the calling of your life? At the end of your life, even at your young age, if God calls you home today, will it be an endless, hopeless case? Or will it be a very triumphant ending? Of victory. Amen. I speak victory. That would be your end.